Hello, welcome back to another episode of Sustainable Finance Solution Podcast, a monthly roundup of the latest transactions and developments in the sustainable finance space globally. In each episode, we will take you through some of the latest news that caught our eye, noteworthy transactions that has hit the market and kept off discussing regulatory updates. This roundup is the curated shortlist for a download on what's happening in the sustainable finance space globally, and it may just spark some ideas for future deals and transactions. This episode is hosted by Nick and Winnie, who work in the Sustainable Corporate Solutions team in APEC. So hi, Nick. Welcome back. Hi, Winnie. Thank you for your welcome and welcome to you. Great to have another voice on the podcast, as I'm sure many of our frequent listeners get a bit sick of my dulcet Australian tone. So very nice to have you on the podcast, Winnie, and look forward to many more episodes with you as we mix up and introduce our listeners to different members of the team. And a big welcome and thank you for our listeners that um, continue to write to us and reach out, and we hope you enjoy this episode. So maybe just a a couple of things before we jump straight in. So we're just going to change and switch things up a little bit with the structure of our podcast and really looking to emphasize more clearly a couple of key themes that have happened over the last few weeks or month. So let us know what you think. Hopefully a good um, improvement and we seek to evolve uh, our podcast and our structures. So the key themes really for the recent period is just the recent and expected new and innovations in sustainable finance. We'll, we'll talk and emphasize a lot of things we're going to mention today back to that theme. The push and pull between use of proceeds and linked instruments and the combination of thereof. It's quite an interesting dynamic in the market at the moment. Lots of bits and pieces we'll share today that connect back to that theme. And also looking at some emerging trends in really hard to abate sectors, loads of transactions connecting back to those industries with higher levels of emissions and more difficult to change and move to net zero. So let's dive um, dive straight in, Winnie. So I'm going to hit the news, shall we say. So a couple of key things that we've seen is really the start of the year. There's been loads of reports and articles and expectations put out there from various market participants, particularly um, CBI as well, a climate bond initiative about the expected rebound in volumes this year. We know that sustainable finance dipped last year in line with the broader market, not quite as big as the broader market dip, but still versus sustainable finance volumes in previous years, there's a dip. And I think the consensus is hopefully the market's improving and uh, we should see some good good level of uh, activity in sustainable finance this uh, this year, which is great because the more activity we have, the bigger the opportunities for issuance and loans and products, the more innovation that we expect to see. Moving along, in terms of innovation or, or something new that we have seen in the market really early in the year, which it's an excellent transaction to mention, was from the World Bank who issued a bond. And the coupon on that bond, it's sort of labelled as outcome-based financing or linked. The coupon links to the generation of verified carbon credits or units connected to the project in which the bond is financing in the first place. So I think it demonstrates that the intersection of sustainable finance between bonds and using some of these newer instruments, such as carbon offsets, I think is finally here, which is really good to uh, really good to see. And hopefully we see some more different types of, you know, in this case, the coupon getting converted to equivalents of carbon credits generated by the project that was being funded. And that project relates to avoided emissions in, uh, in Vietnam. So check that one out. 
In terms of the, the ongoing sort of push and pull between use of proceeds and links, you know, in, in the broader context, what we saw last year was a bit of a swing back to traditional use of proceeds, traditional green, tighter market, more difficult market, a little bit more conservative structures, a bit more challenge around SLLs and SLBs. And one of the things that we're seeing, Enel, a really interesting company that's done lots of different formats of transactions, have come out with a sustainability-linked bond. And a lot of the targets in that bond relate to expenditures being made in line with the EU taxonomy. So you can see how, again, that's a slightly different moving from a linked type structure, but the linking to almost the use of proceeds type allocation of, of where that money is going or money across the business is going into some CapEx projects that align to EU taxonomy. So really interesting developments in that intersection ongoing use of proceeds versus links, or in this case, a combination of sort of integrating them. Another um, area of um, innovation that might um, pick up Innovation, continuing to see lots of themes around blue, about the maritime economy. I think we'll see a bit more on that. Biodiversity keeps coming up. We know from COP15 on biodiversity last year, the new global biodiversity framework, uh, lots of ongoing commitments that people have made and governments have made. And I think we'll see that integrated and innovated into um, sustainable finance this year. There's been loads of of articles too about SLLs and SLBs and connected to greenwashing and scrutiny and challenge and whether some SLB issuers are going to miss targets, are SLBs losing a bit of a halo, a halo type effect. So I think without getting into all the ins and outs, as we've always said on the podcast and that's sustainability, so credibility is key. Depth of structure, resonance, detailed structures, you know, KPIs and targets that really link back to the overall position of a corporate, the main material things have based in some good market references, you know, are really, are really key. And I think we're just going to see ongoing scrutiny in that part of the market. And again, that's driving this, it's better to move back to older style use of proceeds or this newer part of the sustainable finance market, or I guess not that new, on the KPI-based linked bonds and linked loans. So lots of activity scrutiny and i think that's all good if it's constructive that's that's good to help that part of the market grow because some of those structures are super uh, super interesting some more regulatory updates across across the region and hopefully that also drives innovation in different markets as the markets continue to diversify the philippines coming up with some various versions of our linked bond standards and also the asean market coming up with some of those as uh, as well more recently, we saw some updates on the EU Green Bond Standard, which we'll cover in our next episode. So lots happening. JBS has been in the news. So check that out for our listeners in terms of scrutiny around some of their targets and accusations of greenwashing and other things. So, so check that out. Um, greenwashing is still a, a pretty hot topic. We're not forming any view on that particular case, but as a market trend, and hopefully some of these innovations, some more depth in opinion, some more depth in structure, help to address some of these concerns going forward. So we'll see how that goes. And then just a quick mention, as always, our friends at Climate Bond Initiative have come out with some excellent reports as usual. One was about scaling credible finance in ASEAN, and then the other one is a bit about sustainable agriculture. So again, both of those connect to a new rapidly growing area for diversification and an area that needs to really beef up its participation in sustainable finance in agri we've seen a little bit on that and that transition theme. So 
you know, pretty, uh, pretty interesting stuff. Thank you, Nick. So are there any SLB to highlight over the month? couple, but hopefully I can give more for you to comment on the SLLs in a few moments, Winnie, but just a couple um, in particular. So the telco sector, which which you might comment on a little bit later in the podcast or will comment on, has still been pretty hot and linked transactions. So Sustainalytics worked on the Nokia Sustainable Finance transaction or Sustainable Finance linked, which was a an interesting one focusing on a couple of different KPIs there. So I think that whole space of data centers, telco, enabling internet of services, upgrades from an energy energy efficiency perspective around the telco space is, is still rapidly gaining ground. So that was good to see that transaction. It's probably the main one we wanted to mention more from a thematic basis. So I can quickly hand over back to you, Winnie, on SLLs. What's jumped out in that part of the market. Yeah, sure, Nick. So uh, there are various things happening this month and mostly hard to obey and in some maybe agricultural sectors. So firstly, to start with, the Abu Dhabi National Oil Company distribution has become the first fuel retailer in United Arab Emirates to tap into sustainable financing, issuing 1.5 billion sustainability link loan. So what's interesting is the KPI is uh, tied with the reduction of scope one and two carbon intensity, and they hope to reduce the intensity by 25% by 2030. So uh, then let's jump to Europe, and then the Turkish low-cost airline Pegasus Airline has recently signed a sustainability link loan, which was guaranteed by the UK export finance for aircraft financing. So I think what's worth noting is that it's the world's first deal of its kind related to aircraft export credit facility, and as well as one of the largest sustainability link loan of its kind executed in the market. So we can see that for oil and gas company and airline, they are all hard to obey sectors, and we really hope to see there are more similar companies setting up targets or tapping into the transition bond or loan into incoming years. Then let's going back to Asia. So the Asia Development Bank has also signed a long facility with PD Dharma Sata Nusantara. So uh, the DSN Group is an Indonesian-based company. So they mainly engage in prime oil industry and some wood products. So the SLL will be mainly tapping into supporting rural areas agroforestry in Indonesia. They have uh, different targets, for example, training up farmers and then uh, cultivate native Indonesian trees, etc. So uh, lastly, in some another hard to obey sectors. So Vandanta Aluminium, so uh, it's one of the largest producers of aluminium in India. They have issued a sustainability link loan with uh, some largest international banks. So they're also setting targets uh, for reducing scope one to two greenhouse gas emissions, and then with some targets related to scope three emissions. So uh, good to see more and more hard to obey sectors going into the green financing. Very good. I like the diversity there, Winnie, for sure. Hard to abate and aircrafts and agri and trees and aluminium. Very good to see. And what about green bonds? Winnie, so again, that tug of war continuing between green bonds and linked and combinations thereof. What have we seen more in that sort of traditional space, if you like, and then innovated around that on the green, green or sustainability, you know, use of proceeds approach? 
Yeah, Nick. So as usual, so the green bond market is usually there's a quite a lot to cover for this month. Let's start with、uh, the first one, the OPEC fund for international development. They have recently raised one billion、uh, using its、uh, sustainable development goal bond framework. So、uh, the use of proceeds,、uh, they will mainly be included for renewable energy, food security, affordable basic infrastructure. So and also different SME financing and microfinance. So、uh, good to see some kind of like OPEC fund really tap into some development areas and related to SDG. So、uh, at the moment, we can also see actually there are not much sustainability linked bond popular amongst bank. But we can see more and more banks are going into the green bond area. So, for example, in India, the State Bank of India has actually engaged Sustainalytics to provide a second-party opinion on its ESG financing framework. They have just recently raised one billion under a five-year syndicated social loan. On the other hand, in the U.S., the PNC Financial Services Group has also engaged Sustainalytics to work on the second-party opinion. Recently, they have committed to facilitate a 30 billion of environmental. Finance, including loans for green buildings, renewable energy, clean transportation, as well as sustainability-linked bond and loans tied to some of the environmental KPIs. And then going next, in Africa, the Africa Gold Green Fund (AGGF) is the first structured debt fund in Africa, focusing on energy-efficient solutions,、uh, which is launched by the German-based development bank KFW. So they have recently announced its second fundraising, close with a total 47 million financing in climate-friendly projects in Africa. Then,、uh, in Indonesia, Pertamina Geothermal Energy is、uh, considering issuing green bonds to raise additional funding after their IPO. So the funding will actually be used to double its current geothermal capability to support Indonesia's energy transitions, which is really promising and good to see more companies、uh, in renewable energy sectors going to expand their operations and supporting、uh, energy transitions for developing countries. Back in China, so there are some news going on in the panda bond market. So the China Power International Holdings have recently issued a U.S. 117.8 million panda bond on Shanghai Stock Exchange, with the funds raised to build wind and solar power plants projects in Kazakhstan. We also see more green and sustainable financing coming from some innovative sectors, which are from IT and media. So, for example, Comcast, one of the largest American telecommunications company, they recently announced the issuance of a one billion ten-year green bond. So, the use of the process will be in renewable energy, energy efficiency, green building, and also in circular economy. Going to Europe, in Spain. Telefonica, so a Spanish telecommunications company, they have issued a one billion euro green hybrid bond. So the process will be mainly used in the transformation of the network, such as upgrading to 5G and also some of the renewable energy generation plants. And then go to automobiles industry. So Nissan, a Japanese automobile manufacturer, they have also announced. 
sustainability bond raised for up to 200 billion yen. So the funding will be invested in projects such as upgrading to EV and the autonomous driving. So Sustainitis has actually commissioned to provide a second party opinion on their framework. Two more to go. So, so much going on in the automobiles market. So for Hertz, so one of the largest car rental company in the world, they uh, actually began marketing one of its first ever green car rental asset-backed securities. The company actually seek financing to achieve its target for 25% of its fleet going to be electric by the end of 2024. So uh, sustainability have also commissioned to provide a second party opinion on their framework. And finally, uh, Toyota, so has recently issued its first asset-backed securities in Europe. So what's worth noting is that although the collateral is only contain loans related to strict hybrid vehicles, Toyota actually did not label it a screen. So they have actually explained it by offering emissions data to investors saying that therefore the strict hybrid vehicle is actually as not a screen as plug-in or EV and mentioned they would like to provide a greener collaterals in the future. So uh, I think this is a really good practice and also well respect by having putting transparency over maybe having a chance of being accused of greenwashing. So uh, this is a really good practice and uh, worth not taking deal. So back to you, Nick. Very good. Thank you for that. I think I might just make a brief reference to green loans and then we can jump into the questions from our listeners. But on the green loan side, I guess it was a mixed bag, the usual suspects. And that's really utilities, renewables and property being the main share of that and a bit more diversity on the bond side. So, Winnie, what, um, what questions have we got for, uh, for this month? Hopefully not too difficult for me. What, uh, what's come through our mailbag? Yeah, so as per our usual segment, so uh, any questions, remember to write to us at podcast and sustainalytics.com. Nick, we have two questions for this month. So the first one is, do we expect to see more hybrid instruments? So for hybrid instruments, we mean that uh, the user process mixed with link. So do we expect to see more in the market? Yeah, it's a good question, Winnie. It's a timely question because it reflects a lot of what we're seeing in the market, this kind of tug of war and one of the the aspects of what we wanted to really emphasize in the podcast today. Yeah, I think we will. But maybe we see more subtle connections like the Enel transaction whereby it's it's a linked instrument, but it somehow connects to expenditures that are very specifically directed towards meeting a certain standard or in Enel's case, the EU taxonomy or green. We've seen companies like Vattenfall, um, last year do use of proceeds and linked in the same transaction. We probably won't see a, a huge spike up in terms of frameworks that include linked and use of proceeds in too many things because they often get complicated. But I think, yeah, we'll see selective deals that, that include combinations of these and we'll probably see lots of innovations. You know, we'll see some of those offsets and other different things coming into the market. Thanks, Nick. The second question is, when will we see more transition labeled instruments? Oh, that's a good one. And I think we've had it a few times. So if we've got any listeners that listen to all the podcasts, maybe they can compare my answer to, to I think I've answered that a long time ago, but it's, it's great to be raised again, again, an innovative area. 
Look, I think what we're seeing at the moment in terms of direct label transition and, and mainly use of proceeds connected there is, you know, Japan is quite aggressive and progressive on its labelling of lots of different use of proceeds being connected to, you know, difficult industries. So that part of the market and calling things transition has really taken off in Japan. The rest of the world, not so much. And I think that's due to not really having a common set of transition principles, if you like. I'm confident that the market's going to grow because we have more reference points. We've got great reference points from CBI. They've announced some more recent items as well in terms of transition plans and what should look good. You've got items from places like CDP. You've got other reference from things like um, SBTI, um, TPI, and, and so on. So, yeah, I think we'll finally reach that as some of these companies try and figure out that linked and in some cases, there's significant expenditures moving from R&D to actually spending considerable amounts um, into new projects and new assets. So I think, yeah, hopefully we'll see some of that label transition and some more issuers and borrowers more confident to be using that word. And even better if there's some market standards which, um, which come out. So, yeah, the short answer is yes. A long answer for you, Winnie. Great. Thanks, Nick. So do you have any other worth Dr. Can deals to share related to maybe social bonds or loans or other things? Yeah, absolutely. So I think what we might do is just sort of to wrap up on the some labeled products, a couple of social bonds, and then quickly on regs. So yeah, social bonds, a couple of things. Icrea Bunker, I'm sure I'm destroying that. If anyone, please write to us and tell me how to say that properly. I tell Unibanco. So a couple of banks calling out deals specifically for social, and generally that's connected to affordable housing, microfinancing, and SMEs. So I think that continues to be a bit of a trend in the market of banks calling out particular items that they're funding connected to social and just doing a social rather than social and green and calling it sustainability. I'm not sure what innovations we'll see from the market from that aspect over this year, um, but we've certainly seen that banks continuing to come to market with just some social as well. In terms of labelled products, I think, look, at the end of the day, some innovations we'll probably see this year. There's some articles about linked derivatives. There was a transaction done. Linked deposits, we'll see a bit more on that. Some agri-tech with um, the farm and the agri-side. And there was a really interesting deal from a Peruvian steel manufacturer, Impressa. I'm not even going to try and say the rest, but, in, well, I will. Let me let me try and say it. Impressa Cirurquia del Peru. So, again, my Spanish and other Latin languages, not so good. But that was really a trade line for supporting the, either the import or the sourcing of, um, of scrap steel. So again, lots of trade sort of emerging in the market as a bit of an innovation and trend. And we've even seen that in the latest edition of the Green Loan Principles, whereby letters of credit and bonding lines and contingent instruments are sort of mentioned. So I think we'll see a bit more on that on the trade side. Anyway, almost last but not least, what have we got? Transition continues to be a, a pretty key topic. And as you mentioned, Winnie, we've seen a few transactions in that airline space and that continues to happen. We've seen a bit more activity in Japan. And then in terms of broader regulations, we'll talk about the updates in the EU GBS, which have just happened in the last day or so. That's the EU Green Bond Standard in our next podcast. But lots of activity, you know, places in the like the US talking about SEC disclosures. We're seeing a lot more activity in the Middle East. We're seeing some interesting things in India about guidelines for green bond issuers, about additional disclosures recommended for green bonds. Bolivia and places like Latin America coming out with regulations on the issuance of green and social bonds. So I think that's just going to be a trend this year, as we've said before on the podcast. ESG risk ratings. ESG data 
and then second party opinions slash disclosures, support for and around um, labelled transaction in a variety of jurisdictions. And Australia continues to be a pretty dynamic market. We'll even talk about making some more climate disclosures mandatory. So never a dull moment on uh, regulations. And I think that almost brings us back to the end, Winnie. So I'm glad you've survived your first official podcast and we look forward to hearing your voice back again for sure. Thank you, Nick. This is the end of our podcast. So for any questions, so feel free to write to us at podcast.sustainetics.com. So the links to the articles and report mentioned in this episode can be found on our website. Do also follow us on our LinkedIn and Twitter at Sustainetics and send us any questions or feedback on our way. So thanks again for tuning in. Till next time. Copyright 2023 Sustainalytics. All rights reserved. Sustainalytics does not assess current market trends, legal or regulatory developments, but only opines on recent ESG-relevant developments. The information and data contained herein are proprietary of Sustainalytics and or third-party content providers. These are intended for informational, non-commercial use only, and may not be copied, distributed, or used in any other way, including via citation. These do not constitute an endorsement of any product or project, nor investment advice or expert opinion, are not part of any offering and do not constitute an offer or indication to buy or sell securities and have not been submitted to nor received approval from any relevant regulatory bodies. Sustainalytics assumes no responsibility for the reliability, completeness, or accuracy of any opinion provided herein and makes no representation or warranty as to any of the information, including without limitation, any representation or warranty that the information or any portion of it is accurate complete or suitable for a particular purpose. Neither Sustainalytics Morningstar nor its content providers are responsible for any damages or losses arising from any use of this information and use is subject to conditions available at www.sustainalytics.com forward slash legal disclaimers.